Welcome to the Global Australian Podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the Global Australian Network. We're the non-profit organisation committed to strengthening Australia by nurturing a globally connected mindset at home and abroad. One of the ways we do this is by shining a spotlight on the impact of extraordinary global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet 25 game changers recognised in the 2023 Global Australian Awards. These remarkable individuals generously share their stories with us, giving us insight into their international career journey, its highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know the inspiring game changers of 2023. In this episode, we meet Dr. Nasir Mahmood, a 2023 game changer in the global talent category. Dr. Nasir Mahmood is a world-leading materials engineer working at the front line of research into clean energy solutions. As a Vice-Chancellor's Senior Research Fellow at RMIT University in Melbourne, Nasir and his team are positioned to create a truly viable green hydrogen industry using seawater. To start, how would you describe what you do at, to an audience, let's say to a high school audience? Uh, so I'm uh, currently exploring uh, materials to address society challenges and find specific solutions for renewable energy to overcome emission issues and provide clean fuel. Our goal is to develop materials that can help uh, to clean water uh, so we can contribute a sustainable society. We also work on uh, developing our materials so that uh, we can have a, a lot of uh, challenges that uh, healthcare uh, uh, faces so we can overcome those kind of uh, challenges like early disease detection, uh, non-invasive methods to, to detect specifically like a cancer, uh, Alzheimer's and those kind of things that are really, really tricky. And so now as a, as a materials engineer today, but is this what you always thought you would be doing? It's, it's, it's a bit tricky, like uh, the, I have always passion towards engineering from my childhood uh, to make something that can be used uh, by someone. So I feel proud that, okay, yes, I developed this technique and someone used it. And as I grow, the curiosity to discover the things becomes more and more. And specifically, like if we can go something that's beyond our imaginations, how we can solve the problems. If we if we just, as a, as a humanity, we are facing one problem and we don't know where to go and how to go. So that 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 makes me like uh, more towards this kind of uh, work and it becomes my goal and now i really enjoy it it certainly sounds like you do uh, how has your career evolved i i can see you've um, studied in lots of different places and worked in different places how is it that you've ended up now in rmit in australia uh, that is uh, again a very interesting uh, story. Uh, being from one one uh, developing country, of course, always the uh, resources 
uh, is always the main main challenge uh, for someone to to really when they want to explore something that is uh, something like undiscovered stuff and that required a lot of resources or a lot of uh, uh, facilities so that 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 always encouraged me okay might be i can move to some country where i can find all those infrastructure where i can explore myself and i can and put my best to resolve the uh, issues that i aim to do of course no one can be 100% uh, successful but at least i can put my efforts i i, I wouldn't claim okay uh, i because i wouldn't do i didn't do it because i don't have a, a infrastructure i don't have a resources so that was the something that inspired me to move to rmit and definitely rmit is the one of the best place specifically for the young researchers because they provide a lot of uh, uh, support and uh, uh, encouragement to the to the uh, youngers to grow and uh, to explore themselves you mentioned um with your background and and uh growing up in pakistan tell me about the sort of characteristics i know rmit is a very multicultural place but what characteristics do you think you bring to your research to your work um as a result of that upbringing you had overseas uh because i i have a, like a in depth uh, theoretical knowledge of the field and uh, then i when i got a chance to work in in china for uh, for a couple of years i translate that uh, theoretical knowledge into a practical things and try to implement that when and explore and that really boost me like up and uh, in my career and uh, my skills and that helped me to achieve uh, uh, my place at RMIT especially through this prestigious fellowship that is uh, uh, currently I am and I am the only that who is getting this kind of a things like a two times at RMIT tell us a little bit about the challenges to help us understand what it's like on a day-to-day -day basis in your role and some of the challenges you face and some of the highlights uh, the the challenges like uh, I mentioned like uh, we we work uh things to uh like uh, that is a future challenges are the very complex challenges and uh, specifically when you you are working uh on something that that only based on the hypothesis there is a no reality to that one so when all these things are theoretically calculated so that that is becomes the solution becomes very complex and uh, uh, there's always a time constraints to solve those kind of things and uh, specifically uh, the resources fundings for to to carry out these kind of projects is always a challenging so these are the several challenges that that we face and we we try to cope with them and to work on our things and uh, beyond getting uh, 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 some proper solutions or proper thoughts that's the definitely the base of all these kind of things and highlights uh, definitely we enjoy the crossity behind it and uh, uh the ambition to achieve something that that gives us the energy and of course then we also get our recognitions and uh, ultimately when we see that we discover something that can really help our uh, society that that give us some some happiness and encouragement to move forward uh, towards the next step and next challenge absolutely you you mentioned some of those um frontiers where you're working where you you're trying something that's theoretically correct but putting it into a practice can you give us an example and particularly for those that may not have been in a lab and um in in that sort of environment recently what 
Can you give me an example of something you've been working on recently? Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, I can give you like a, well, maybe two examples. Uh, the first thing, hydrogen. We Everyone knows that uh, hydrogen can help us to overcome the emissions. But it is not that simple. It, it contains a lot of challenges, right? It can only help us to resolve the problems when it's really green, clean and sustainable. But when we want to achieve this, there is always many challenges. How we can, how from where we can bring the uh, enough water? Because to meet the hydrogen demand, we need the water that is equal to 62 million population country, a developed country. So if we just steal fresh water, how we can uh, survive on this earth? So then we come up. Okay, we can use the sea water. But when we talk about the sea water, it is a mixture of everything we make it too polluted again how we can use that one so that is that 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 make us like think how what we can do how we can make it useful there's a different ways but the sustainable way should be where it is a cost effective it produce the production of hydrogen is cost effective so people can afford it so theoretically it looks like very simple we just put that water into into the electrolyzer and produce hydrogen and oxygen but Practically, it is not that simple. It has a lot of chlorine. We can we can start producing chlorine. That is another greenhouse gas emission. So we have to think how we can make use of it. How we can avoid all that contaminants in it. They are not going to be dangerous again for the environment. So these are the challenges which comes when we start working on it. So I'm working on hydrogen from last seven to eight years, and now we reach to a uh, point where we can find a solution it took us around eight years to find a prop appropriate solution and still we just find a solution and we need to scale it up and we need to commercialize for the benefits of society that is again there is a several cha challenges are there to to overcome and similarly there is another problem i think every one of us heard about the plastic so there is a several kind of plastic. One is the normal bottle plastic, or a big chunks of plastic that we can may still filter out from the sea or our water bodies. But there is a plastic that is a several thousands uh, times smaller than our human hair. We can't see it, we can't detect it, but it is present in in the water, and that that can cause a lot of diseases. And even the recent reports said that is present in the mother's breastfeed. So that means that passing from a, a, a marine life to humans, from humans to humans, and causing a lot of problems for the uh, babies and uh, for the uh, human health, cancers and many other diseases. But how to resolve it? We can't see it, we can't detect it, it is so small. And it is existing at millions of tons in already in the oceans, in the water bodies. And even recently, there's a news that uh, uh, Adelaide has uh, one of the uh, a lake that is the sixth most polluted with the microplastic. So then we start thinking about how we can capture such a small thing and clean our water. That, that there is a lot of engineering need to be done with the materials that we can make them functional. We start working on it from last two years and then ultimately we reach to a point where we design them in such a way they can capture it and then we can identify it. Yes, we captured it and now we are producing a clean water. So there's a, uh, a lot of challenges that, that need a lot of time, resources, which we need to overcome. Thank you for expanding on that and um, helping sh share how um, 
yeah, the hope that comes at the end of those really complex um, challenges. I can hear in in your explanation that it, um, sort of explaining things to to people is is something you do very well, and um, I'm sure you have a lot of audiences with um, maybe undergraduates and and earlier stage students. What advice do you give them if they plan to go into a career like yours? Uh, that I, I will just recommend them. The field of material science is is a very vast and uh, holds a significant potential uh, for addressing the challenges our society face. But uh, I recommend them first discover your passion. That is the most important thing. You explore what 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 is your skills, where you feel more comfortable. Uh, how you can do something that inspire you then you can do something that is impactful and you can deliver something that is really useful to advance our sustainable societies that's great advice well i wanted to finish with one last question what does it mean to you to be selected as a game changer in these global australian awards uh, first of all i am very excited <laughs> And uh, then, of course, I'm also honored that uh, my work got recognition and uh, the time and efforts I put into to do something that is that is uh, that can solve some of the critical challenges of society that has been admitted and uh, give me energy to to work hard and uh, move forward uh, to see that how we can further support our sustainable society's dream. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more inspiring stories of global Australian game changers, please go to our website, advance.org.